0: Welcome to the Game Table, the Tri-State's one and only Nerd Culture Podcast. From video games to anime to board games to comic books and movies and television shows and everything in between, we aim to be your one-stop shop for the news you care about. We read everything, watch everything, and consume a steady stream of comic books so that you can be more informed with your entertainment dollars. I am Doug. Today on the show, we're going back to the nerd line to my buddy Nate from Des Moines, and we're going to talk D&D. I've been playing D&D with Nate for over 20 years, and we're going to talk about 5th edition, even though it's not really new anymore, but it's really exciting. Um, he's going back and being a player for the first time in 20 years. He's been DMing for a long time, and so we're going to talk about everything nuts and bolts about modern DMing on the internet, 5th um, edition, the future of D&D, and everything in between. So coming up next, my buddy Nate and I, we're going to talk D&D. All right, joining me on the old nerd line today is my buddy Nate from Des Moines. How are we doing, Nate? Doing great. So, Nate, um, we're talking D&D today, so I have to start at the beginning. Now, what edition did you start with?
1: I actually started with the, there was a, starter basic edition that came out in the late 80s early 90s um i forget the color of the box (laughs) um but i had so my mom had got me a board game that came out yeah it had to be in the 90s um (laughs) called hero quest
0: ah yes hero quest
1: and it it was a it had a dungeon type room and mm-hmm. um well I, it took me a while to, to eventually realize that this was actually getting me hooked on warhammer which we don't need to go down that path tonight but um the uh the dice rolling aspect of it was, was fun but there there seemed like there could be more to it because mm-hmm. around that time at the same time I was playing uh, Chrono Trigger and uh, oh, yes. Final Fantasy 4 and 6 on the Super Nintendo and um, there there was this uh, box of Dungeons & Dragons stuff at the I grew up in Oskaloosa the, there was a music store on the square called Mattingly Music Okay. And in the back of Mattingly music, which I had to walk back there to get the, the reads for my bassoon, Mm -hmm. um, was a a bookshelf. And and on that bookshelf, what was the dungeons and dragons stuff. And I just started getting curious about it. And I actually started, uh, paging through it a bit. um, the actual, the actual first role-playing game book that I bought actually wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. It was a really? Palladium uh, <laughs> first or second edition Robotech game.
0: Oh, 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 Robotech, awesome!
1: Yep, yep. So I had seen a, a little bit of the Macross early Macross
2: mm-hmm, series, mm-hmm.
1: and I thought, you know let's maybe roll some dice and play giant robots. And um that system was horrible. It's the same system that Rust use. Um <laughs> so trying to take that as your first system in bet is impossible. Um so I decided to give this basic um D&D box set a try. And I picked that up and um a friend of mine and his brother and my brother, Nick. Oh, wow. Um, all got together and we played a game of dungeons and dragons and, uh, I was the dungeon master. Okay. Um, because I had, I had the rule books. Um, (laughs) this was, this wasn't advanced dungeons and dragons. This was the The, basics.
0: Yeah. This was, this was the first one. Yeah.
1: Um, so so this was, um, elves were a class, not a race.
0: Oh, I forgot dwarfs. about that. Yeah, same thing with dwarfs and a few others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we okay. played through that. We played through the first adventure, and we were all hooked. We all absolutely <laughs> loved it. I'm pretty sure I killed Nick's first character in the very first game.
0: Surprise, surprise.
1: Um Yeah. And so um, I went back to to Mattingly Music, and I eventually, eventually ended up buying pretty much every book that they had there. Wow! And uh, there was this big. Uh, it was still Basic Edition, I think. No, maybe it wasn't. No, yeah, it was. There, there was this uh, this this big, thick basic edition book called the Rule Cyclopedia mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. took um, that took all of the rules that had come out for the basic version of D&D and put it all into one big book and then that was all the rules the monsters, how to build adventures and everything like that it was, it was called the Ru- Rule Cyclopedia <laughs> and um, we played we played that for about a summer, and then after that, uh, we decided to, to dive into Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and that was Second Edition.
2: Okay,
0: <laughs> that's nuts. was thinking, well, because my first edition was Second Edition, but I had to start in Riffs first, so it's kind of funny that we both had to go through the you know <laughs> the percentage path before we were like, no, 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 we can just roll dice. It's cool, and we did most of our stuff was in Second Edition, wasn't it? back in the before time. Yeah. uh,
1: yeah, So we
0: started
1: uh, a campaign in spring of 97, right?
0: Yep. That's, that's, that's when we had the, the, the three man.
1: Yep. Um, and that was, um, that was actually before Kaz came to school, right?
2: Uh, right before that,
1: that's, that that spring was um, you, Justin Hanna, Jeremy Pe- uh, Pepper, and Jason Mead.
0: Oh, I forgot about Mead uh, playing in there for that one one semester. Yep, he,
1: yep, he played a dwarf. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's one um, of the revolving fighter clerics, the dwarven fighter clerics, as we had them.
1: Yes. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Mead dropped out and uh, Kaz joined... Us in fall of 97, and the rest was history. But
0: well, that was two or three years.
1: Um, that campaign ran until, I want to say, until
0: 99. Yeah, that was about two years. Yeah, about two years. And so, and uh, you've been doing this for 20 years, on and off, as we all have. Um, and we've gone through now. 3rd edition, 3.5, 4th, and now we're on 5th, which is now, I didn't realize it. We're five years in the 5th already? Yeah, 20,
1: uh, November
0: 2014. Wow. And that just blows me away because I feel like it just showed up, and it's really just been here for, you know, like a long time, and people are just, you know, this is their edition because I was looking online looking about the differences because I haven't been able to look at fifth very much and people were like yeah I got started on fourth and I'm like yeah, I got started on second so yeah don't complain guys right um so you've been doing fifth mostly is this your favorite edition or has there been something better because we've 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 played them all
1: so uh I don't Try to pick a favorite. Oh, it's like uh, when, children? When it comes, comes to, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's good for a good geek argument.
0: Oh, well, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, uh, on, on Friday at work, I tried to, to uh, start a Star Trek, Star Wars nerd off. Um, <laughs> and lost a good 45 minutes of productivity for my employer. Um, but you know,
0: like one does. Yeah. So,
1: okay. To answer your question, I, I think fifth edition is a, a good solid, um, taking of all the lessons learned (laughs) from second through fourth Mm -hmm. and trying to find a good, Baseline set of rules that are easy for people to pick up, uh, get into, and uh, make the game just fast and fun. Okay. Uh, the 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 it has a focus on. Um, Actually, role playing and building your character and creating backgrounds and stuff like
2: that—very
1: mm-hmm. similar to what to what, um, to, to what three point five and and, and path, old, Pathfinder old Pathfinder kind of Pathfinder. had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, while still having a flexibility of built and balance between the classes that that fourth edition had.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but without fourth. Uh, over, over-reliance on video game style mechanics.
0: Okay, that's what I read, because I was just kind of trying to assimilate knowledge before I jumped into this, and that's what a lot of people said. And I remember fourth, you know, with, you mentioned the video game element of it, is it got a lot of power E and it took, combat took forever sometimes, because it was like, no, you do this, I do this, and then I do this, and then I do my daily, yay, we win. So, I know there was right. some... Yeah, there are some issues with there. And I know they've changed a little bit about how the mobs work. Instead of having minions, you can scale up your powers yep. and make things a little bit more, you know, fit the narrative better than just saying, yeah, you can't fight goblins anymore. You're too beastly. So now you have to fight, I don't know, the trolls or whatever, whatever the bigger monster of the week is.
1: Sure. Yeah, the, the the way they um, approach the math in fifth edition is one they wanted to make sure that the numbers weren't difficult. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: So um, the the range of your proficiency bonus uh, usually runs from two to seven mm-hmm. from from levels one to twenty, and um, your ability modifiers are very similar to. to to 3.5s. Um, okay. Okay. So you're you're looking at adding usually around a max of a plus eleven plus twelve. Okay. To to any roll, and what's nice about that is that um, kind of what you were alluding to. One of the, one of the big challenges in, in third edition was is you would indefinitely in fourth is you would have to. <laughs> You'd start with goblins, and then if you needed mooks at level five, well, then you would need to go find uh, orcs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you would need to go find uh, trolls, and then you would need to, fi- and finally, by the time you got to level twenty, if you needed a mook uh, or or a minion horde. You were fighting a, a horde of pit fiends yeah. in order to have um, a, a a perfect level of challenge for right. for your your common group, and and that was just because of how the numbers worked. It wasn't a, th- a thematic thing. It wasn't a I want to, I want this to be part of my story. I, I mean, but I mean, fighting a giant horde of demons is pretty epic, right? But
0: by the time you're level twenty, yeah.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it it can be a very interesting narrative to say, okay, uh King Arthur got stabbed by a goblin.
2: Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, the the goblin got taken out.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was like it, a I mean, it, it was
1: it, yeah, it was completely trivial, but the goblin could still actually stab King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in three point five, because of the numbers and you know, the it was a mathematical impossibility mm-hmm. for that to happen unless you rolled a twenty, right? It, and in fifth edition, because the numbers only range so far, mm-hmm. um, it's not common. But at levels fifteen and above, you can still have interesting challenging encounters with um, lower level style monsters, which leads to a lot more that you can do with your encounter building and setting up the flow of your world and stuff like that so um, that that little subtle change to to not only make the math easier but keep the numbers sane has built a whole new way of of really providing both crunch and us to uh, to build your name
0: Because that was kind of like with us, we really liked our narrative story. You know, we play games that take years. That's the whole thing. You know, yeah. you, we did our campaign for tune, tune Some Change. We've done some more summer stuff. You know, technically we still have our shadow run with Kaz and Ben and I, which is going on. Half maybe a decade by now, I've lost track. Wow. We we like these big stories. It's the fun thing, and like you said, you know, now we can you know you can still play around with goblins and orcs and that because that's your theme, but you can play you know you can scale it up, and that's that's kind of you know what we were looking for, and that's kind of what we lost in fourth is because we we're like we want the crunchy stuff to go with it, besides just going here's my powers and let's play.
2: The Transformers will return after these messages.
0: We want to thank our sponsor, Radio Keokuk. Radio Keokuk is the home of Z93, the Rock on the River, and 1310 KOKX, the Talk on the River. It's through their patronage and support that we can provide this show for you, and we'd like to thank them for everything that they do for us. to the Transformers. Um I know yeah. fifth has added some more character classes and um, races and all that fun stuff they've been expanding over the last five years right
1: um, yeah so the they, they did pull back on a little bit of your base character classes okay uh, from fourth um, nope um, you've got let's see if I can recite him from memory. You got uh, barbarian,
2: mm-hmm.
1: bard, cleric, fighter, uh, monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? Ranger, paladin, uh, sorcerer, rogue. I know I'm out of alphabetical order. Uh, you doing great. warlock wizard. I think eleven classes
0: but that sounds like the that sounds like the core to me you know there's a few of the yeah. you know uh, fringe guys that i'm like eh, a druid and stuff like that but you you hit the big ones oh. basically No, oh, i missed druid druids and sorry i was going through my you hey. know things that i have played and you know yep, <laughs> you name them all um but i saw that like, um, putting in like artist Verser or something like that um and some other weird stuff again.
1: Yeah. Um, they haven't really added a bunch of new base classes. So, like, you're, they haven't come back in and added a, in a psionicist. Okay. I mean, they haven't. In the class that I was hoping that would come back that I actually liked in forth and thought was a great idea was the melee healer called the Warlord.
0: Oh, I remember him. Uh, yeah, I liked him.
1: At, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it it would have been great if if that class would have made it, but I kind of understand when you don't need to to have you know the Holy Trinity filled by all. all, Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really have a home in fifth edition. Right. But um, so they they aren't really adding new classes. All of the classes at level two or three allow you to take a specialization of some sort. Okay. So, take for instance your 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 run of the mill fighter. Um, fighter um, is still at level one. Is still I pick up a sword and I have heavy armor on and I charge at the goblin rar and i attack (laughs) that's what i mean that's what a fighter does token fighter um yep yep by level three though, you pick um which um martial archetype you want to be and there are three that come with the main player's guide the main player's handbook and um, there's another uh, supplement book called Xanathar's Guide to Everything that is an absolute must-have if you're playing 5th edition. Um, it is it is probably my, one of my favorite um, crunch add-on books in a long time.
0: And that was Xanathar's um, playbook?
1: Xanathar's Guide to Everything.
0: Guide to Everything, okay.
1: Yep. It's told from the perspective of a beholder, That's um, awesome. so there's there's little quotes in the sides of the, of the pages about how he uh, is amused with the fact that people think that they can use magic on him, or that people are edgy and evil, or oh. or stuff like that.
0: That this sounds um, this it, sounds it, th- no, just quick. This sounds like. Um, uh, for Shadowrun, it was like the Samurai, uh, like the Weapons Companion. You know, it had all these, like, flavor yeah. texts that just made it yeah. perfect. Oh, this sounds mm-hmm. beautiful.
1: Oh, uh, no, yeah, it, it's it's wonderful. But, um, uh, so you've got three martial archetypes in the player's handbook, and I think you've got another three in Xanathars, and I think that there's um a couple others that have been um spread out, um, a couple of the other adventure books that have come out and setting books. But even if you just use the handbook, the three you have are Champion, Battle Master, and Eldritch Knight. Oh. So if you want to be um, a big two handed uh, weapon champion of your people style fighter, you can be that, or you can be a Battle Master. And. Um, have little di- different maneuvers. So it's it's kind of like a, a distillation of the Book of Nine Swords, I yep. think, from three point
0: five,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where, where you get maneuvers.
0: Okay, now I remember those.
1: And so, and so you you pick a couple of different maneuvers that you can do, and they give you different benefits uh, in combat. Or you can be an Eldritch knight and from the get go you can be in Arcane fighting spellcaster with with heavy armor and a great big sword.
0: Which sounds amazing too.
1: Yeah. So I mean and not have to be a paladin. Mm
2: hmm.
1: So um, and then I'm I think in Xanathars they have uh, they add in a samurai, a cavalier, and I think an actual like uh, I think it's a crossbow class. I can but um, uh, but anyways, uh, so instead of making a whole bunch of new classes, base classes that have constantly be tweaked, and there's power creep and yeah. um, all sorts of stuff like that. If you just if you want to be a um, a knight that rides a big horse and has lances and stuff like that, you can be a cavalier. Hmm. And and there's uh, it's just a subclass of fighter.
0: So instead of sitting there, because we remember, was it? I'm trying to remember. I think it was fourth, where there was just. Every book came out with a new class, and or like another yeah. dozen classes, and it came it came really hard to figure out what was actually you know new, what was fitting, and what was balanced. Because I remember it got a little nuts there towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's just transition real quick. Um. You said we've been talking about this offline but uh, you've been running campaigns online now for how long have you been doing this like I don't, I don't understand time very well it feels like you've only been doing it like a year but I'm pretty sure you've been doing this like three or five years right
1: yeah so um, I met some folks at my uh, my current employer about it was about five years ago now uh, on a project, and one day we all got to talking nostalgic about geek stuff, and we had been talking a little bit about about magic, um, and actually <laughs> we were actually dabbling in getting back into Magic: The Gathering um, a little bit at that time. Um, uh, thankfully, I was able to kick that habit before it became a problem again.
0: Be, uh, um be one of us. It's okay. We got we got hats. <laughs> we got hats.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but we we were talking and uh I was like, you know what, it would be fun to to, to play D and D again. I haven't I, I, the last game I played uh uh ended in uh spring of 2009 prior to that um and there was the, I was in the middle of a transition of a whole bunch of stuff going on right and, and uh unfortunately uh the, the game just kind of got dropped and it been six years
2: mm-hmm. since
1: I had played and um fourth edition just really didn't hadn't been grabbing me mm-hmm. a whole lot and um, the the guys in the office were their I think our average age at the time was was thirty five thirty so um, right. So yeah. So none of us were were or most of us were all still second, you know, so we started in second edition or even there's one guy that was like, we, boy, I started in first edition, of Bangs, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, and you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because everyone always needs to, to make sure that they tell you where you started.
0: And, it's uh, um, a great way to start a conversation.
1: It is, it is. And, uh, uh, so, I was just like, well, I've heard a rumor that they're working on this thing called D&D Next. big oh, uh, right. kind It's a big kind of, kind of open-source uh, community project to really sp- allow the community to to have an influence on what the next edition of d was going to look like. And so... I was like, well, why don't I go download the playtest rules for D and D next and we'll we'll run an adventure. Um I would be happy to learn the rules and and uh be dungeon master for that. And they were like, Great <laughs> and so uh but the problem was is these were folks from um, from Omaha because okay. they were contractors. Um, and so, uh, when we could play was when they were not in Des Moines. So around that time, I was like, well, is there a, a can we do a virtual tabletop? Do we just try to put a, put a webcam on a whiteboard or something?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I did some exploration and there is this service called Roll 20. Okay. And um, so it, it was really became a, a, this confluence of the fact that 5th edition was, was just around the corner. Roll20 was coming out and it was this, uh, this really good virtual tabletop um, that had sound integration and tokens and combat tracking and everything like that that you need in it. And it came with the sound built into it, so you could use headsets, and you could play D&D with folks from all over the world. And so, we we played our first um, D&D Next game um, pro- I think it was in August of 2014, and right around then they said that they were going to release the fifth edition in November. And so we just all picked up the books and we kept going and yeah. haven't stopped
2: since.
0: That's nuts. Um, and it, like you said, it sounds like a perfect storm of events, especially with that online um, D 20, you know, website app thing. Cause you know, we always try to figure out, well, how can we hack this? You know, like you said, can we get a whiteboard and a webcam? Can we, you know, we had to go to great lengths to try to, you know, play these games, in the before time, the long, long ago, where many of our kids here don't understand what that means. They're like, what, you don't just do tabletop simulator on uh, Steam or, you know, something like that.
2: The Transformers will return after these messages.
0: We want to thank our sponsor, Radio Keokuk. Radio Keokuk is the home of... Z ninety three, The Rock on the River, and thirteen ten K O K X, The Talk on the River. It's through their patronage and support that we can provide this show for you, and we'd like to thank them for everything that they do for us.
2: We now return to the transform. How is it like
0: playing over, you know, people that are not in the room? Because that was always the fun part as well, was being in the room.
1: Well, it saved me thousands of dollars in not buying miniatures.
0: <laughs> By the way, um I still uh when I went and visited Kaz last last time I visited him, I was looking for something in his garage and then I found the tub of D and D minis and I just walked away.
1: <laughs> I've still got mine. <laughs> um They're they're still here. They're waiting for some day that I have have a uh, in person game. Um, (laughs) it, playing with a virtual tabletop is different. Um, not having, not having everyone in the room and feeding out the energy in the room and, Mm and, and stuff like that, um, does take something away from it. I mean, very similar to, uh, I would guess how it is if you play poker online, there's Mm -hmm. a big difference between playing poker online and playing poker at a casino. Um, even though they're the exact same game and, but, um, role-playing is role-playing. And so as long as you have a microphone and you can get folks to pay attention (laughs) and and listen, yes. And you, you don't, Run into constant technology issues with people's mics disconnecting and poor bandwidth and and stuff like that. You can you can run a, a really good story-intensive game um, on roll twenty. Hmm. Um, like the campaign that I've been running uh, is is just as complex of, uh, of any, probably too complex of a story. Um, that that I've run any other time in the past and um, we're all now 40 year old um, mm-hmm. computer programmers my, my entire group is a bunch of computer programmers and so we all don't have more than really a couple hours a week to play but with using Roll20 and being able to get together, we we tell a story that we're all interested in. Uh, I get texts throughout the week with people uh, asking me if they can adjust their characters in a certain way or not.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, uh, haven't quite got um, a villain yet that got to the level of hate that you guys had for some of my, my early villains. <laughs> Well, I mean, um,
0: you mentioned that there are two things in a Nate campaign. A, you're probably going to die. Probably going to die more than once. And two, yeah. if he doesn't make you want to stab something that you can't stab because the villain just kind of keeps twisting the knife on you. It's not really a Nate campaign. It's just kind of like eh. So, I I understand. Yeah.
1: Um, but um uh, where where I I'm Actually, pretty excited. I, I had to take a break from from DMing uh, this spring because of uh, I'm teaching a, a class at, at DMAC this spring, um, and I was probably not as prepared for that as I should have been.
0: No one is ever prepared and, to teach. Yeah.
1: Um, I think I'll be better next time.
0: That's what we'll we. See. That's what um, we all say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh uh I think we're gonna pick back up here in, in a couple of weeks and um we've got uh all all the players are excited to get back to their characters and get back to the story. Um we've got probably at the rate that we play probably another year or two left left in the story, but it, it's heading towards towards the end. The characters are level fourteen and fifteen right now. Nice. um it's it's been it's been a real blast and uh, i mean we would not have been able to do it without roll twenty oh.
0: um well now have you does everybody show up every week does some people bow in bow out um how do you how do you make that work
1: We try to we try to only play if um if everyone can make it okay um generally speaking sometimes we'll play there's four four players in the group uh we're adding a fifth player here this summer um the if one person is missing and we feel like it it's something where that we can just keep moving the story forward sorry one second if, if one person is is missing, then we'll uh, try to continue moving forward if the story doesn't need them, if, if the story isn't heavily involving her character. Okay. Um, if there's two people gone, then we just call it. Okay. Um, because it's, at that point, um, uh, too many folks would be mi- missing out on the story elements and, and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a pretty narrative-driven campaign, so... <laughs> so we try to do, um, try, try to have everyone there if we can. And, uh, we, we do take breaks from time to time for a couple of weeks because of, again, corporate travel or, or
0: projects,
1: um, or, or family or anything. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that, you know, adulting. So, <laughs> um, but, no, for, for just about five years, we've played every Wednesday night for two to three hours.
0: And that's that's something to say for the, you know, the people are like, I don't know if I can get this much of a commitment. Well, you don't need to do this. This isn't normal. Some people, some people, all they do is long campaigns. Some people just do run sh- one shots, and sometimes one shots can be fun. But, you know. Oh, yeah. But we're the type of people that are like, no, 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 I got to have a story. I got to feel like I'm that character. Instead, just like, eh, I rolled up a character this week. And so then we also talked here prior to get online that you're now as a player now, and I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious how you're shifting roles because, like I said, I don't think, I don't even know if you've ever were a player with me in anything. I'm trying to remember if Kaz ran anything, but I think you were always. I think you were always a game master.
1: Yeah, I think um, there was a Shadowrun story that I, I played a character in. Okay. Uh, or, or or a rift, a riff story. Um. And then there was the the werewolf. Oh, uh, World of Darkness games that, that that we played online in the the late nineties. Yeah. Um. I was I, I guess I was a player for that. Right. I guess that was more of just an in character chat than I was really the game. Oh, um,
0: the long time ago! Oh man,
1: that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, for Dungeons and Dragons, this is. I think the, the I got invited to a game um, a couple months ago. Um, they the it was my f- players from my guild on Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay. Uh, they they'd heard that I played D and D and they they asked, Well, do you wanna DM for us? I'm like, I I got my own I got another game going. I can't really fit any more players into it narratively, so uh unfortunately I kinda have, wanna leave it closed at that. Um and on top of it I I just don't have time to, to, to DM a second game. And they're like, Well, one of the other guys was like, "Well, I, I DM'd a couple times. How about I give it a shot and you play?" I'm like, "This is intriguing. <laughs> I have not done this before." Uh so so yeah, I uh, I rolled rolled me up a halfling fighter. Oh, awesome. And uh, and it's it's been a blast. It's it's. Uh, I I think I'm a little bit of a rules lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if it's really? Because I'm usually. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I'm uh, usually the dungeon master and stuff like that, but um, I've caught myself. Uh, it's nice because we're playing online still. Okay. Um, uh, I, I've caught myself uh, typing uh, a, a private message to the dungeon master saying, "Hey, I think this is how this rewards." Blah blah blah. And before I hit send, I'm like, "That no, this is not your game. This is his game. Let it go." Um and um, just sit back and enjoy the game. And, and, it, and it's been a lot of fun. It's, what, what's really cool, really, really cool about this, this, this explosion of online Dungeons & Dragons,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to be confused with Dungeons & Dragons online, which is a video game, right. um, is as a dungeon master, it is now very easy... For me to see how other people run games
2: mm-hmm.
1: without having to go to a convention or go hang out at a store or, or something like that. I, I can now join someone else's game at ease. I can get on Twitch and watch uh, other people play. Um, they broadcast their games on Twitch. Which um, is there's just... a wonderful pro- program called Critical Role. I yeah. highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, it, it is, it is a blast. (laughs) Um, but yeah, because you know, a dungeon master is, or game master is, is a pretty solo. Yep. I don't want to call it, call it lonely (laughs) experience, but I mean, you, you, you don't get to, to learn from others uh, a whole lot. Right. And so having this opportunity to see other people' styles and how they run games and how they approach stuff, um, it's been nice because it uh, it's allowed me to to change my style a little bit and, and get a better feel um, for how I can improve my games or, or steal stuff from other people's stuff,
0: too. And that's, you know, once again, God bless the internet, you know, for bringing us nerds together, but it blows my mind to say you can watch someone play D&D on Twitch, you know, it just blows my mind. And it's, you know, it's a great medium to be able to play with, and especially with all the technology. And you're talking about the tools on D20. I mean, before, you know, we had to get the maps and get all the dry erase pens and get the miniatures out and buy little things. And now you can just sit there and go and boop, 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 and there it is. And yeah. it's, once again, you said it's a modern, you know, it's a golden age of being able to do this stuff online.
1: Yeah. And, and what, what's even, and so what's even better about that is, um, it's entered because it's getting out of Twitch and because it, it, it you can actually stream games and, and watch and play online, and, and all this technology is there. We're ac- actually seeing kind of a huge little, huge little industry,
0: mm-hmm. uh, little niche industry, uh,
1: starting to, to 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 sprout up around D anD. d So, um, so like for Critical Role, mm-hmm. they. Um, uh you have to you you can subscribe to that if you want so you can give them monies so they're making money off of broadcasting a bunch of voice actors playing dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. and uh but on top of it they just had a they're doing a kickstarter for uh to do an animated series of their first campaign and they've raised almost 9 million dollars
0: which is nuts uh, last year at C2E2, Critical Role was there, and holy Jesus, yep. was their panel full. I mean, they had, like, two or three sessions. They had the main stage, and they had, like, two side state, side sessions. They were packed to the whims. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were just clamoring for cl- Critical Role. You know, you can see the fan base out there if you get, you know, amongst the peoples, as they say. And it's, you know, right. it's a big thing. But, yeah, it's kind of fun seeing all the niche industries coming out of d d because like with all the little 3D printers now everybody's making like little scenery to make mm-hmm. their boards look more three-dimensional which is just beautiful yep. instead of sitting there going this box is a window and you know <laughs> you know and you know back yeah. in the day when we had to like draw things out on a sheet of paper and we we're like "No, this isn't the scale and we we're like duh uh, you know it it's it just baffling now I mentioned it on, on air, and I don't know about you, but my local library here in good old Keokuk, um, they were teaching kids how to play D&D, because people are asking about it after watching Stranger Things. So, is uh-huh, it just because okay. it it's in the zeitgeist now with Critical Role and Stranger Things and online? Is that where this, you know, renaissance is coming from?
1: Um, yeah, it, it the industry is a little cyclic in nature, Yeah. Um, and, and we're, I think we're, we're 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 kind of approaching a, um, probably a boom cycle. So it'll be sad when it stops, but um, but it's I, I don't want to give World of Warcraft too much credit, right? <laughs> I, I, I like me I like me some wow, but. I mean, I think that people have seen that you know through while WoW in, in online games that you can you can play a character, but your your what you can do with it is restricted
2: mm-hmm. to
1: the to someone else's design and what people are kind of discovering with dungeons and dragons is yeah sure there there's restrictions on what you can do with your character and you can't but that's because what dungeons and dragons is is it's cops and robbers with rules
2: mhm oh
1: yeah and and so you can be or imagine whatever you want to do um as long and, and you have this this nice, pretty concise skeleton of of rules that you can use to help determine outcomes of conflicts in in the in, in the story, and so that coupled with being a play online, coupled with the streaming, um, there's just this huge audience that's getting. And then Stranger Things, uh, I mean, that was a huge win for the industry. <laughs> um, get, getting you know, what, what is what is this crazy game that these these kids are playing? Oh, just kids really? Wow, I wonder if it makes my nose bleed and I can make stuff float. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think, really, it's just you know, it's a good time to be a nerd right now.
0: It is. You know? it, it, it 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 truly is. I mean, I mean, I have a radio show about it. So yes, it's a great time to be a nerd show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, there's not, so, it's not like we're wanting on things to talk about. It's just picking on what we want to talk about and when.
1: But, sure. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, you got folks that are making merchandise, off of critical role you Mm -hmm. know you got there's this huge uh the uh group of artists that are now getting um people want commissions of their characters right and so there's there's this uh, huge demand for D&D character art um they're uh, people are writing a lot more short stories, um, so there, there's a demand for for short story publishing. Uh, because uh, I don't want to say it's entirely because of the, the growth of D and D, but I would. It sure seems to be coinciding with the same thing.
0: Well, so. I kind of think it kind of goes along with you know the board game industry is booming. And then D&D is kind of, you know, an offshoot of that. And it's kind of like, you know, there's all this little cottage industries in this little niche. And like you said, it's a good time to be involved in this little industry at the moment. And, you know, like you said, boom or bust will be around for a while. But, you know, we're going to enjoy it while it lasts, right? Yep. That's for sure. Well, um, that was 50 minutes, man. So we're good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're, like, right. you're like oh, how long did that go but I'll, I'll put a bumper on the back in the end and I'll let you know when I record this but so painful this whole process
1: no this was fun
0: this ends another special edition of the old game table podcast don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook uh, we're going to be posting lots of pictures and videos from the Hannibal River Comic Con and also Star Wars Celebration and don't forget we also have Uh, free comic book day to look forward to on may 4th also follow us on twitter at game table pod and if you have any questions comments concerns or topics you want us to discuss please let us drop us a line at either of those accounts have a good week